about your psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Watson, my man, how you doing? Yo, what's good? I'm doing all right, man. <laughs> good to hear from you, man. Uh, welcome to the Wrestling Basement, my new uh, retro style podcast uh, for, for for professional wrestling. I know me and you go way back uh, into the New York City uh, basketball streetball scene, and I know we keep tabs on Twitter here and there. And so, whenever there's a wrestling conversation. I know you throw some at me, uh, some at me uh, my way, and vice versa. So, you know, with me doing the show, just to give you a quick background, you know, just uh, I'm I'm home bored one day, and I say, you know what? With me, with the way I love to create content, I just needed to uh, do a different podcast. I, I did I did not know what it was or what I wanted to do. So I do current basketball, I do retro basketball and, and stuff like that, current wrestling. But now with the way the landscape is with every sport, there's not really much to talk about. So there's nothing really new, brand new going on. A uh, couple things are still happening, but there's no fans in the arena. So it makes it you know kind of hard to watch. And I'm like, man, what if I just did a retro-style wrestling podcast the same way I do the retro room for basketball. And, you know, a couple of guys I did want to reach out to that I know are big-time fans of wrestling, uh, whether back then or now, or have covered the sport uh, for their profession. And like I said, me and you keep tabs. And, um, you know, I, I reached out to you. I gave you a whole list of, of topics. And the one topic that you pick that we're going to talk about today, which is, you know, dear to my heart, too, is uh, one of my all-time favorites, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and the fact that uh, we're going to, you know, cap it off before he joins or creates D-Generation X. So we're talking about maybe the late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, to maybe 96, 97, right before um, the whole Attitude Era starts in DX. So, um not that much ground to cover. I know we'll go back and forth, you know, you know, with, with, with the timeline and everything. But um, first of all, man, thank you for coming on. Hope you and the family are well. And uh, you, can, uh, you can follow Terrence on Twitter at Lower East Scribe. Does some work for Nike, Adidas, uh, Kicks on Fire, all that good stuff for streetball and basketball. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Like, I, like all things considered, uh, first, like, you know, thank you for wishing me and the fam well. 
uh, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same, hoping you, um, hoping Joe, the whole crew's family, mm-hmm. the whole Hits family, uh, and everybody back home is, uh, is doing okay. Yeah, man, taking one day at a time and, you know, this kind of time we're just trying to be creative and try to be different and do some different things to occupy all of our times. And um, this is episode four of the new podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, The Wrestling Basement. Uh, I really appreciate for those who have come on, have supported, retweeted, liked, uh, give me any engagement, any comment on social media I really appreciate that I know that I know the show will grow in due time so I'm not really worried about the amount of listens or views at the moment but I know in due time we will all grow together so um the, the first question I ask everybody when they come on here is basically you know what got you into becoming a fan of wrestling was it a match Terrence was it a certain superstar or character was it a promo was it um, a time where you went to a show? Was it a pay-per-view? Like, what got you into becoming a fan of professional wrestling? To be honest, man, you know, I'm I'm born in '86, so okay, you know, I'm I'm like a pro uh, a product of like that era when wrestling really like exploded, right? Like, and I, I kind of like think of myself as um, someone who kind of absorbs pop culture. You know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, you couldn't help, but we were all surrounded by it, right? Like, you know, I'm not I'm not exactly a fan of this anymore, but I mean, we can't front like Hulk Hogan didn't make it explode. Um, you know, like Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, like we're, these are like larger than life characters that are just immersed into like, you know, everyday fandom. Um, yeah. So I feel like if you were a fan of sport, or if you were, you know, just around and like, like I said, like born in the 80s uh, or or like in your adolescence in the 80s, you couldn't help but be at, at the very least aware, but probably to some degree a fan of wrestling. So I don't know if I have like one specific moment. It really is just like what else? Like I had no choice. <laughs> like, what else was I going to do? I just it was it was in your face. You know what I mean? So, yeah, wrestling has probably been the I've, I've been a wrestling fan for as long as I can remember. Nah, I hear that because, you know, the time frame you're talking about is the golden era. So you mentioned the Hogan, the Macho, the Warriors, and Andre, DiBiase, Piper, all them guys, Jake, Honky Tonk Man. Um, You know, just for me, and, you know, I'll tell everybody every time I do a show, like for me, it was uh, Warrior Hogan, WrestleMania Six. That was a match that really got me into wanting to become a fan like everything they every, every show they had every pay-per-view from that point on I wanted to get it I had to behave you know here at home and do good <laughs> <laughs> do good in school for you know my parents to order the pay-per-views and buy Yo, the, the action figures I, and the rings and all that stuff I man. totally remember all that I mean you're basically talking about same thing like my childhood right like I have an older cousin named Quincy who were exactly 10 years apart so like you know um uh, what was it right? like wrestling Saturday night uh, uh, main event right that, main event yeah yeah, yeah. Main event. that was always on then of course like the Saturday uh, the Saturday afternoon wrestling was always on um, you know and even my great grandmother like my great grandmother Rose she was a big Jimmy Snooker fan mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like it yeah. was always on like it was just it was it was popping and you know that was like I said it was just that era where wrestling really became 
um, a part of like the pop culture lexicon. And then, I mean, shout out to Vince, right? Like the dude's a genius. He kind of understood like the, 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 the PT Barnum of it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. making it this like grandiose thing where you were throwing in, you know, the Alice Cooper, the, the, the Cindy Lauper, the, the Mr. T like you're, you're throwing in these people who, uh, again, who are dominating pop culture at the time. Um, and you're just adding them to wrestling and you're making it about fanfare. And I think that he was really smart for doing that. Right. Like, and that, that's still been a part of the formula since then. Um, so you couldn't help, you know, but be aware of it. I think also what's key for me is, um, if you were a kid in New York, growing me up, growing me up in, in the late eighties, mid to late uh, late eighties, and um, you know they would show the WWF on MS, uh, MS, uh, um, MSG network, and like it'll be like an hour long, and like me getting older, I'm like, man, like how come I never wanted to go? Obviously, I never knew about it until I saw it on TV. But I'm like, damn, what if I I was aware? of it and I want to go to MSG for the show or to WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Rumbles uh-huh. that they have. And you know, me me living in New York, man, I'm like, wow, I feel so mad at myself for not going missing to, out. Yeah. <laughs> like WrestleMania one, WrestleMania ten, um, SummerSlam eighty eight, ninety one. There's so many events that happen here in New York and I probably went to like as far as the pay per view, I probably went to like two three like later on when SummerSlam was at Barclays and WrestleMania 29 in Jersey but I didn't go to yeah. the old school events I'm like man why why the fuck did I, <laughs> I not go I, I only went to one event and it's kind of it's kind of uh it's funny now like we make we make jokes about it uh as as a family but mm-hmm. my me and my older brother were one year apart you, you I think you know my brother Ralph uh okay but yeah yeah so <laughs> we <laughs> My dad, um, you know, being a being a young dad and wanting to try to instill some sort of like uh, some sort of like you know um, like a lesson or whatever. Like, yeah, we went to one wrestling match ever. It's the only one I've ever been to, and it's kind of fitting because we're going to talk about Sean and it relates to Sean. So the one match I went to it was a house match. It was at the Garden, and it was crazy, right? Like from what I can remember. Um, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, they're already a, a tandem, but it was a house match, right? So, like, I, from what I remember, it wasn't really, like, like, it wasn't, like, you know, it was a house match, so they right. didn't go as hard, you know, yeah. but it was it was still great, and that wasn't the thing. The thing was, you know, here it is, is the first wrestling match I ever went to, like I said, me and my older brother, uh, and my, <laughs> you know, my, our grandparents, you know, uh, and, and our family members gave us money. We're young. We're probably, like, eight and nine, maybe nine and 10, some, somewhere in that range. Um, we're, and everybody in our family gave us money because mm-hmm. it's the garden, right? So it's always expensive, but they wanted us to come back with like the foam finger, the t-shirt, whatever it is. All I wanted was the Shawn Michaels gloves. That's it. <laughs> my dad, wow. uh, my dad, he made me and my brother save our money. Wouldn't let us buy anything. <laughs> it was so, Why I was not? like, "What? Everybody? I don't know, man. I've never. I'm. I'm I don't think I'm asking to this day, because I, the story basically is like, yeah, my dad wouldn't let us buy anything. He told us to save our money. Mind you, we're we're eight and nine. <laughs> what right. are we saving? We so 
we come back to the house and my mom thought that me and my brother got into a, a fight because we had like this look on our face right that she and we weren't talking so she thought that she was like oh you guys just went to you know a wrestling event mm. you left out of here so excited you come back you're like you know not talking like what's going on and then when we told her she just you know she figured it out but yeah me and my brother to this day we make we make jokes about it i think he wanted the uh the, the bret hart uh the glasses sunglasses and i wanted yeah. the Shawn michaels gloves right and to this day man traumatized but shout out to my <laughs> pops, man. He's a good dude. <laughs> so you, you you see Sean at this uh, house show, I believe. You know, if you mention him and Diesel or tag team or tandem, they're like this. You're talking like 94, 95. Exactly. Like um, but when was the first time you saw, like on TV, Sean wrestle? Like when was the first time you noticed this mm. uh, character called Shawn Michaels? You know what? To be honest. I, I had to go, of course I saw him as a rocker, mm-hmm. but I had to go back to revisit the rocker stage. I think that my earliest remembering of Sean and like when I'm like really into him, there's like, right. like the early heel just becoming Shawn Michaels with like the, the white, you know, the white get up with the red heart and the, you know, the red broken heart and Sherry. Sherry so, yeah. Like that's, yeah, yeah. Like that's the generation of like, my first first like remembering of sean um so yeah like probably like right after the heel turn you know what i mean like early early sean talking curly mullet (laughs) wow (laughs) that's probably like that's probably my first remembrance of sean michaels so So, like 90 92 90 i think 93 91 i think 91 yeah yeah but i mean like for me like i was what six so that's probably like he's because he's still around then like that's mm-hmm. probably still still he's still that era but yeah like that's probably my earliest remembrance of like right. oh that's Shawn michaels you know what i mean i think for me it was um because i am like older than you by three years so uh for me i like the rockers i i recall that era uh good tag team i know they were bouncing back and forth with the company and they got back maybe 88, 89. I could be wrong with the year, but mm-hmm. no, no, no. You're, you're, I think 89 is when they come right because they had like a short run at first, exactly. And they go to an AWA, and then that's when they really become like the, the tandem when it's like, oh, right. okay, everybody sees it in these kids. And then they come back to the WW, WWF at that point, right? And 89, if I'm not mistaken. And the fact is that <laughs> when they come back, bro, they. You got Hard Foundation there. You got Demolition there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, LOD comes in later. Um, Strike Force, uh, the British Bulldogs, a lot, a, a lot of great tag teams that you're trying to become tag team champions. And I, I, I always recall the, the Rockers as maybe the best team or the most most exciting team to not become tag team champions. Now. There is the story out there. I'm not sure if you know, you, you know uh, if you do or not, um, that they had a match with the Heart Foundation back in 1990, like on TV, but like like um like a house show or a tape show, and yeah. the Rockers had won the tag titles from the Heart Foundation. But when Vince or, the, or those guys saw the tape. They just wasn't feeling how the match was and the layout. I think the rope broke or some shit like that. And they were like, yeah. nah, we're not doing that. We're going to do this all over again. And 
the Hart Foundation wound up winning the match. So the Rockers were quote unquote technically, technically tag champion right. for like a night, <laughs> and they were like, "Nah, give me the belts back." And uh, they had the Hart Foundation go over. It. And, if, and I think from that point on, man, you just we just never saw what it could have been with the Rockers as tag champions and with a, a good run with those uh, tag teams. And I think that's what ultimately led to. At that time, you're getting 90-91. You want to see Janetti be a singles guy. You want to see Sean be a singles guy. And I know there are still fans today who are mad about the breakup of the Rockers. I'm not sure if you are, were mad or even cared about it, but when nah, you mentioned the Rockers, you didn't care, right? <laughs> not really. But what I will say, though, I got to give them as a tandem, right? Like, to give them their credit, you're right. Like, I, I, I again, had to go back, and what I realized is, like, wow, like, they kind of introduced like, like the high flyer tandem of the eighties, at least like, right. cause they're really, most of the other teams were either just really good technical wrestlers, mm-hmm. like say like the heart foundation or they, they were like the, the, the big hair, big muscle, oily, <laughs> like, you know, of the age, like just really like wild story aggressives. But I feel like they took on like, they, they like, it's funny, Sean kind of takes a couple batons from some legends. And as a tandem, like, they take the baton, in my opinion, from, like, the Rock and Roll Express. Right? Like, True. they become, like, the, the new, uh, uh, like, baby faces together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, I, but you're, you're right. I think there's even a little bit of, like, that seed of, like, because they were supposed to have been like champions, but it goes right back to the Heart Foundation. You can kind of like plant the seed of him and Brett, like not really liking each other. So, yeah, uh, I think um, I think I think they were just they were a great team, but probably the wrong era, at the wrong time, if that makes sense. Because there were so many other great tag teams, and I'm not even talking about Legion of Doom, who comes in maybe 1990 so like oh man all right if you can't get it done against the heart foundation or, or demolition those guys yeah good luck trying to be on od yeah you, nah legion of doom you can make a case for them being like the greatest tag team of all time so then like in that era who would you say would be your favorite tag teams in that late 80s run with the rockers and heart foundation demolition and uh those guys um I mean, yeah, we were, I mean, for one, like, obviously, like, the, the Legion of Doom is just kind of, like, they're, they're, you can make a real big case for them being, like, the greatest tag team ever. Um, I think the Heart Foundation was, was fun, because, like, you know, shout out to Jim Neidhart, I think he doesn't get as much credit uh, for being, like, a solid anchor for Brett, you know, mm. as, as he probably should. Um, let me think. Who else were really like, uh, yo, they weren't a great wrestling tandem, but I probably gotta be honest and say, like, the Nasty Boys. Just there. Okay. <laughs> like, All they right. weren't. That's throwback. <laughs> yo, they weren't, they weren't like great wrestlers, but I think no. I appreciated their, like, I don't know. Like, they just, they 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 definitely had, like, a fun, you know, goofiness about them. Yeah. Wow. They felt like, boys. they felt like characters that should have been on, like, a, like, a cartoon, like, 
like Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. man, from that era, man, there's, uh, okay, in no order, trying to recall, The Rockers, Heart Foundation, Demolition, LOD, Nasty Boys, The Brain Busters, The British mm-hmm. Bulldogs, Strike Force. Who am I forgetting for as tag teams? I think I think you know who else was, and they became like one of those like archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Natural Disasters. Oh, and um, Earthquake and uh, Typhoon. And Typhoon, <laughs> man. Wow. <laughs> they were just fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these big, hairy, weird dudes that were just like strong men. You know, like again, not great technical right. wrestlers, but like in that era of like, yo, we just want to see big dudes fight, you know, <laughs> like they made, yeah, they, they also, made a lot of um, sense. Uh, I don't count the bushwhackers cause I never liked them. Um, he, the, uh, the tag team with, um, hockey talking, Greg Valentine, uh, rhythm and blues that they were tag champions for a hot minute. So, but I think the upper echelon are hard foundation, demolition, LOD, and probably the rock is, uh, as far, if you're doing like a Mount Rushmore of tag teams in that pers- specific era, yeah, you might have to go with those four. Yeah. And I'm definitely leading with like Legion of Doom, man. Like they were just, yeah, they were just special. And like, they probably like for that era, man, like, and plus, you know, you know what? Many, many thought demolition was the knockoff of, of LOD with the, 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 I guess just the appearance with the, with the with the the wardrobe and they had the mask yeah. on and little spikes and everything. Did it, did it, who wait? Did the 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 demolition came first? No, no, oh, no. It? I think LOD came first. Oh wow! You are probably you're probably right. Yeah, LOD came first, and they were, um, and then at the time they they created demolition, and there were the rumor that oh they were like a. 2.0 to LOD, like a ripoff of, of LOD. That's where that's why LOD came to the company in 1990. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, shit. That's why I'm on the podcast. <laughs> I'm <learning something> new. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess I always thought I, I always thought demolition came first. Maybe I thought that because like their costumes and their gimmick just seemed almost like an outdated version of Legion of Doom. Uh huh. So I thought Legion of Doom came after because it's like, oh yeah, like they looked even cooler. Like, you know what I mean? But, nah, the, the, yeah. the, the Road Warriors were, were 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 something else, man. I mean, they came to, to WWF in, in 90, so maybe that's why you thought Demolition was there first in, 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 in mm-hmm. that company. Now, nah, but LOD was there for a minute. Um, so Also, shout out to the Steiner brothers because they're like uh, the, the young kids of that But that was that like era, early right? 90s, right? That's yeah. That's like early nineties. Like yeah, somewhere between like ninety one and ninety three. I want to say is where they probably make their their WWE uh, debut. Yeah. yeah, but you know, like I said, like they're like the young. They transition right. Like they're like the young group of that of that era. That kind of like I don't want to say take the torch, but like they they kind of become like the new fan favorite right tag team. Yeah. So the Rockers break up. Like, like everything that happens in the world, and um, I think you get one of the most crazy breakups as far as storyline goes, and the 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 creation the the creation of one man singles career. Um, 
at the barbershop by Brutus Beefcake. You get the uh, Janetti and Sean there, and they they have their rift, and um, they quote unquote get back together for like a hot minute. They shake hands or whatever, and then by the time you know it, Shawn Michaels super kicks Janetti and throws him to the barbershop window. And you're talking about <laughs> almost thirty years later, still gets talked about like far as um the 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 the, the best heel turn of all time is Sean at maybe number one, maybe number two. It's got to be top three, but with how they did it and how it looked so real at the time. Like oh right. shit! Like then you have Bobby Heenan on, on commentary saying like look up Janetti trying to run through the window and he's a coward. <laughs> and just just adding to that, um, I remember seeing that. I forgot what show it was on, but I remember seeing that live. And whenever I get a chance to see it, I'm like man, like everything they did was so perfect. And um, what do you what do you re- re- recall the most from that moment uh, at the time and now? Of how that moment right there elevated the elevated the singles career of Shawn Michaels. Um, I mean, like uh, I'll, I'll go from like at the time to now. Like I think at the time, yeah, I was like a kid, and we all still felt like most of wrestling was real, right? So to see this dude get put through a glass window, <laughs> it was kind of like, oh wow, <laughs> like that's that's crazy. And then, like you said, it felt so real. Um. So yeah, it was kind of wild. Uh, you know, in retrospect, obviously, it, it, it's. I will give them the credit of also like that. That's again like what made WWE and like um, or WWF at the time and and like Vince's vision of like yeah, let's use the type of special effects you'd see in a movie or in a really well produced show for its for its time. You know, let's get a like a fake breakaway glass <laughs> to put Bonnie yeah. Janetti through, and have a live studio audience and people like really thinking this is real and like yeah. So that was really I give them the credit for that. But in terms of heel turn, yeah, I think it's I think it's the best one. Um, you know, other than Hogan going to NWO, true. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's the best one because it launches a thirty plus year career um for you know arguably you know inarguably one of the best performers of 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 all time um so yeah i mean looking back like i think it's it's for its era it was really incredible and even like now the fact that it's still talked about like you kind of got to give it it's 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 due like it was just you know it's so iconic that even once he remember he cut the hair and then he put like the hair, like it was a picture of uh, of of his hair through the glass after he cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, yeah, like it's it still means something. Um, almost feel bad though for Janetti, man, because I feel like as as obviously as scripted as that was, it's almost super symbolic of like Sean just like kind of tossed him to the side and like became this superstar and Janetti just could never really carry his own. I mean, he had like a small run of like, you know, being an IC champion and all of that. I think, I think him and one, two, three kid become tag team champions too, but like, it never really like takes off for him. Um, but Sean just, man, like he, he becomes the show, man. Like, so, yeah. Listen, man, I think as, um, as one man is climbing up that ladder, 
as you mentioned, it's kind of sad how Janetti just kind of remains stagnant. And to a point where a fan or people people within the company could say, well, how good was Janetti without Shawn Michaels? I mean, there is that conversation as well. Like, you know, Shawn carried the Rockers. He was, he was the best one on the tag team. But Janetti, like you mentioned, was an IC champion, I think, in a tag team with the kid. But never got past that mid card kind of yeah. area. Sean was in the in, you know, the tag team scene. He became in that intercontinental scene. And then he just elevated to a world world title scene and just above and beyond. And I think everything kind of points back to that barbershop uh incident. So it's amazing how you can uplift one career, but then the other one is like it just just, you know, doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, he just didn't, I mean, it's, almost, it's also almost kind of like not fair, right? Like, there's only probably three people, really, with like the level of charisma of Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. maybe four, maybe four. But like, in terms of like being able to talk on the mic, being able to control a crowd, like, it's it's him, Flair, the Rock, and maybe, maybe, Tom, I'm uh, Steve Austin. Okay, you know what I mean, like, but that, like, it's 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 a very short list, right? And Marty Jannetty just didn't have that. But how many wrestlers do? So you know, and probably Macho like, too. Probably Macho too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my fault. R.I.P. The Legend. <laughs> macho definitely <laughs> can't forget about Mach. Um, but yeah, right. It's but again, it's still a very short list, right? Like yeah. you have five all time that are that that have the combination. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it's not it's it, it's not really Marty Jannetty's fault. No, he just <laughs> you know, it's not his fault. Hey, shit happens, man. <laughs> it just right. It just happens. I mean, um, I think for me, I know we're we're gonna try to you know stay on track here, but um. When Sean does that, it, to me, to me, I was always a fan of the bad guy, Shawn Michaels. I, I, I liked him as a good guy, but to mm-hmm. me, Sean always felt like a bad guy, um, character-wise. Like, he can really get his, his, his shit on. He can act a certain way. He had Sherry as the manager. He was just this flamboyant, playboy kind of character. Um, I always gravitated to the bad guy, Shawn Michaels, especially uh, when DX comes into into play. But right. when you see him now as a bad guy uh, by himself, but he has Sherry now in his corner and a new getup, uh, the red, the white tights, and he's just the, the playboy guy with the glasses and he's just this flamboyant kind of character. And now we're talking, about, we're talking about early 90s now. So what did you make of him having Sherry with him uh, his own theme song, which I know we'll get into, but the fact that he's now, <laughs> yeah. you know, just his overall character as this uh, boy toy, as they called it. Yeah. Yo, I mean, you basically have like this, like you make a good point. Like uh, <laughs> I'll make two points. One, um, it, it, it was cool to see him as a heel, but it's, it's funny. Like it, it the whole attitude era becomes this thing like the fans dictated that and you make a good point like you're that's like the prime of like all the guys who were supposed to be heels 
they just became so popular that they they, they had to kind of become, <laughs> become baby you know yeah. what i mean like they had to become good guys because like yeah or before they were people you were supposed to hate like you were supposed to hate sean but he had so much like fan appeal that they had to turn him into a good guy he was supposed to hate the rock at one point but he again becomes like this good guy same thing with steve austin Right, like, and the, that's what kind of defines the attitude era is all the guys that from a generation before you would have hated because of the way they are. The fans just took to it, and people, and they, and, you know, to their credit, they wrote the story around them. You know, still being who they were, but also kind of like, like giving the fans what they wanted. But it would have been fun, kind of, to see like, like, like Flair was a heel for most of his career, right? But yeah. he still was, you know, champion. I think it would have been interesting to see Sean as as a champion longer as a heel. You know what I mean? Like, um, we don't really get that, but it, it, it probably would have been fun. Um, but to go back to like that the era of like him and Sherry, I just recently um, found out that uh, what was it? My man Jimmy Hart wrote that, right? Like the yeah, original. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy Hart writes that. Sherry is obviously on the hook. Um, and I think Jimmy Hart is the one saying uh, sexy boy, like singing it, <laughs> which is which is mad funny. Uh, shout out to the mouth of the South. Um, but yeah, I think it, 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 it lays a foundation for him having like that. Uh, let's, let's say like that, that, that bad boy appeal. Um and then, like, he's, he's almost like a... This is probably going to sound funny, but he's almost like wrestling Zach Morris. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like blonde hair, blue eyes, like, you know, typical, real marketable for, like, mm. the era. Um, but again, it gives him the platform to kind of, like, spread his own wings and build his own persona and kind of, like, you know, I, I, I hate to just continue to harp on the fact of, like, him taking that, that torch, but it does kind of, like usher in a 90s version of what Ric Flair was about. You know, instead of just being like, you know, Liberace robes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was more about like just pure attitude and still the idea of like I'm, I might not be the biggest but I'm definitely the baddest and I have like the appeal that like you know, I'm not only gonna win and beat you, I'm gonna take your girl too. <laughs> so like exactly. I yeah. think he, he lays a, a real strong foundation of being that for the rest of his career alright man so you gotta tell me before I try to look it up um, are you a fan of the the Shawn Michaels theme song that he's been having for the past 25 years or were you more of a fan of the one Sherry song because to me I think that one's it, it just sounds more heelish it sounds more <laughs> um, like a bad guy's theme with Sherry as opposed to Sean singing the, the remix. It. Yeah. I, uh, because I feel like it, it's him talking his shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> Basically. And, yeah, yeah. So, and that's kind of what, what Sean, uh, like, I, I don't know. I think I like that more. Like, he didn't need anyone else to talk for him. Like, yeah, that's probably why. The yeah. Sherry version is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I think I like I like Sean's Sean's version a little bit more. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, I like both. I think Sherry was a um, an integral part to that character. I think you know she 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 was great with with, with Macho King. 
Uh, she was great with Harlem Heat. I'm pretty sure she was with other people. But when she got down with Sean and just kind of elevated his character, elevated that, that whole boy toy persona, um, because it was it was definitely a different character at that time. Uh, if, if you go back early 90s, 91, 92, on their rosters is the Brett, the Pipers, uh, Mr. Perfect, um, Jake, Undertaker. Uh, but I think, you know, he was the first one or one of the first ones that had that kind of like a different personality, a different character to him. And um, just overall, a different style of wrestler because now you're going away from the golden era. You're going away from the muscle-bound people. And now you're getting the high flyers, like you mentioned, the smaller guys like him and Brett. So just kind of leading that that new generation of guys, but his character man was different. It was unique, and you know it, it was just like all right, the, how, how risque can we go with Shawn Michaels as the boy toys? I think Sherry yeah. was with a very vital part into that whole character development. Oh yeah, no dis no disrespect. Uh, she definitely does that right because she was a great manager, um, and I mean she had an incredible career as that. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just I, I think, and and he probably you're right. Like for all those reasons you, you listed, um, she definitely elevates him and gives him that 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 push. But I don't know. I just think like once he got to the point where he kind of like hold his own and be able to just like carry that persona by himself. Yeah. It it kind of it's it's my favorite part of like he didn't need anybody else to like talk for him in or outside of the ring. Like it, it, he he kind of just. He validated himself, you know. Right. I'm trying to find his current theme and Sherry. I want to play it real quick. Hold up. Give me one second. <laughs> I got. Yeah. I got to hear these. Hopefully, YouTube don't give me a little uh, ad in the beginning, which they probably will. Hold on. So while this loads up, our this, members understand social go. distancing. Oh God. Being prepared. And overcoming challenges. So while that loads, real quick, did you when when did you know Sean was singing his song? Like, how long did it take you to find out? Oh shit, that Sean Michael singing a song. They changed the music around like '94 because she goes to WW WCW, right? Yeah. And like joins Harlem Heat, uh, or the. Or does she go with Macho first? I forget. No, Macho was early 90, like 89, 90, the whole Macho King until 91. Then Liz comes back and then they put Sherry with Sean. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Um, you kind of could tell like it's his voice. And it's almost like those like he, it's it's so bad that it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not he's, he can't sing, but it's it's just again him like just that aggressive kind of really more or less just talking. <laughs> and exactly. I like that. <laughs> and uh, I like that. I think it's I totally it. fits. All right, hold on. I think I found it. Hold up. So this is the this is what he has now. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. So that's nice. Let me hear the sherry real quick. 
Don't give me no. <laughs> I think they kept the vocals in the background for Sherry, but not the main vocals. In the Yo, that's that's uh, Jimmy Hart singing the hook. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Right here? Hold on. Yo, the that's person saying sexy boy is Jimmy Hart. Oh, that's not Sherry. Sexy. Hold up. Yeah. Oh, that's Jimmy Hart in the background. Yo, I'm telling you, I watched, it was like a couple weeks ago. I was like scrolling <laughs> through Twitter and, you know, like one of those random Twitter videos that pops up. It was it was up and Jimmy Hart was talking about, uh, for one, I didn't know that he even did that. I had no mm-hmm. clue that he wrote um, and and like produced some of the intros for the guys. Right. Um, but yeah, he wrote, he wrote that. He wrote, he wrote it. And then I guess when... They did. He did the one with Sherry, and he did the one with Sean. Um, and he said, like in the background, yeah, that's that's him singing uh, the the hook for a set, like "Sexy Boy," <laughs> like singing the background. Wow. Part. Yo, it's so crazy. But yeah, you know. But even in the lyrics, right? Like they use Sherry totally, and she makes it about. Um, she they use her to kind of validate that yeah, like women want him. Like she's saying he's my sexy boy or whatever, right? Then you change to like him and is just being like and he says i'm a sexy boy so he owns like you know he owns his own bravado yeah and i think like i said like for sure she she was great in that like that's the transition but him being able to talk for himself and like that level of like confidence and swag uh happens after he makes the song and you know kind of owns it himself um Trivia, do you know who gave Shawn Michaels the Heartbreak Kid nickname? Ooh, wow. Uh, you got me. No, I don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was uh, Mr. Perfect. What? Yep. Wow. Yep. What's the story there? You got to tell me. So uh, I, think, I just think he was on... Uh, uh, let me see it right now. Um, I just think he was coming to the ring one uh, one show and Kurt Henning, which I talk about the whole bravado, the whole character, and he just said, oh, take a look at the heartbreak kid, McMahon. He's just breaking girls' hearts out there and, and boom, just like that, wow. heartbreak kid. Man, <laughs> shout out to, I didn't know that. Shout out to Kurt Henning, man. Yeah, Mr. Perfect. What a legend. Um, Mr. Perfect. Not Not to go off track, but Mr. Perfect is my pick for IC champion that never won championship that should have he's he, oh, he yeah. could have I think he could have been a champion and Razor too like, Razor too Razor's my number two but you it's really 1A and 1B they both were so <laughs> over that I think they both definitely deserve the shot of being uh, being champion for a little bit but yeah shout out to Kurt Henning. Nah, I hear you um, not to fast forward a little bit but I think we get we get it to a point where Sean's a single a singles guy, um, and he starts with the matches with you know the guys like Razor and Brett or Brett first, and um, 
you start seeing the little rivalry with Brett in the beginning. Not so much in 92. Uh, we get that later on in, in uh, the decade. But great matches with Brett. They had the, the first ever ladder match um, in the company with Brett and Shawn Michaels at the 92 Survivor Series. If you have not checked that out, go ahead and check it out. I know you might. They might say WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania 17 ladder matches, but you got to go check out Sean and Brett from uh, Survivor Series 92. We kind of set everything off. Um, and then, you know, he goes into uh, the the bodyguard with Diesel era. So Diesel comes on board. Um, then you fast forward even more. He's in a, a title thing with... with um, Razor Ramon, oh, matter of fact, Sean beats the Bulldog for the IC title, I think, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in 92. So he's now Intercontinental Champion. Right. And they go back and forth with that. And then you get the the, the big rivalry with Razor Ramon in 94. So a lot with, a lot with Razor. Um, there was a point that Sean was the IC Champion. I think that's 90, 92. Because that's when him and... Uh, him and Brett like first like fight for the title. Right. But Brett beats him. Yes. And um Sean is Sean is still IC champion. I don't know who he dropped the belt to uh at that time. But I know he we get to him and Razor at, at some point. But he drops the belt. I think I think that's what it was. He got he got suspended. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got suspended, and he didn't want to get the belt back. So right. typical Sean fashion, like, nah, f that. I'm gonna do my own thing. And they had a tournament for the IC title, and then Razor, then Razor won that that battle royal tournament, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And now Razor yes, yeah. is the IC champion, but Sean has the original belt. Right. And then you fast forward into uh, WrestleMania 10 with the ladder match, where it's like there's two intercontinental belts. Uh, hanging from the rafters, oh and you you create this um, monumental match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. That's still talked about all these years later. I know you're a big fan of it, but kind of kind of take me to that match. Like, what did you what did you what so you thought about it then I, and now? I kind of want to circle back. If there was a match that like solidifies like my total like fandom, it's okay. that match. Right, like, what's that? WrestleMania ten is what year is that? Uh, ninety four. Ninety four. Okay, yeah. At that point, uh, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm begging, begging my parents, begging my grandparents, somebody, like, you know, let me get this, <laughs> let me get yeah. this pay per view. Um, you know, so like, yeah, I was able, I was able to watch. Um, and I think, yeah, it was just so crazy. Like, I mean, for the for its time, super innovative. Um, which I, I think like that's also something like the attitude era. Like I know we, we think about it and, and of course this is like pre, but it's like the, the seedlings. Um, I know we talk like a lot about it and those characters as being like wild and just outlandish, but like, it's also a time when they could try anything. Um, but yeah, like that ladder match, man, like it, it was, it, it, <laughs> it probably, um, it's probably the most memorable event. Like, I mean, no, no disrespect to like 
Brett, who wrestled like twice that night, right? He he wrestles Owen. Yep. Then he wrestles Yoko, and he does incredibly. He's Bret Hart. Like that. That's without saying. But that match, man, it just lays the foundation like for all ladder matches and sets like the bar, right? Like for all ladder matches, and it's fun too. Like how great the writing was at that time, where like they could take real life things that was happening. You know, Sean being suspended, him not wanting to give his belt up. Hell yeah. And write it into like, all right, well, let's roll with this, you know, and write it into like, you know, the the storyline and create like this now career long uh, pairing with him and Razor, right? Like, uh, and I mean, like we said, like Razor was so good that he probably should have had a, a, a run as, as a champion anyway. But he's one of those guys where like, like him and and like and kurt uh or mr perfect rather they're kind of like so iconic but you probably could lean a little bit towards razor in this but like i'm gonna equate razor ramon to alan irison to the fact of like whether he wins a championship or not is irrelevant almost at this point because he's such an iconic figure (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah it would have made it great but like his his like there's there's champions who won't be remembered as much as as Razor Ramon, you know what I mean? As much as that character, so like what he meant to the business is bigger than him winning a title or not. It would have been nice, but yeah, it doesn't. He's just like that great. Um, and that match, man, I I, I was I was watching um, a clip of of I think it was like the the twenty year anniversary where Sean and Razor are watching it together and like they just you know they do like a little bit of like commentary around it yeah and Razor says like afterwards they go in the back and who was it Macho versus I think Crush or it was Macho versus somebody yeah Crush following and Macho says to them great match but screw you guys, because how are we supposed to? <laughs> True. Well, you guys are selfish. He's right. How are we supposed to follow that? You, you know can't. what I mean. Um, and also too, like, funny thing is like Sean loses that match, and two of his best matches I think are matches that he loses, or some of them. Like that one is one that he lost. That was an incredible match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 match. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to jump too far ahead from this conversation, but like, uh, I. Like his feud with uh, Psycho Sid, which is one of my favorite runs, um, he loses that match uh, where uh, in '96, I think Survivor yeah, Series at the Garden. Right, he loses that match, um, and that's one of his best matches. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like they set they they set the bar for for you know all the latter matches to come. So I'm looking at like what was bothering me was like who did Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels lose the belt to when he won it from the Bulldogs? So he lost the belt to Marty Jannetty in May of '93 on Raw, but then mm. he then he got the belt back a month later with the help of Diesel, which made his debut on Raw. So although okay, then he got suspended. Then the whole battle royal came. Razor won the belt. You get WrestleMania ten. Now it all makes sense to me. Like okay, now I had to find out who did Shawn Michaels lose the belt to. So it was fucking Marty Jannetty. <laughs> all this time, yo, they see they tried. They gave him a, <laughs> they gave him a shot. Oh, they did. They did. In all fairness, they tried to give Jannetty a push. 
but he just wasn't that guy. Um, yeah, but it, like you like you said, like you led, like you alluded to, man, like they that that storyline is probably one of the best storylines they've come up with with him and Razor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shout out to the white belt. That's my favorite IC belt. <laughs> oh, Sean, Sean's, Sean's white, white belt, right? Yo, such an incredible belt. <laughs> it was amazing, you know. He he had the white one. The warrior had the 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 yellow IC belt. Uh-huh. The warrior had, I think, a sky blue and a purple world title. Then you get like the smoking skull belt and the rock stuff and the spinner and all that shit. Like just <laughs> every, every, to me, the warrior was the first one to do it. Didn't he have a Didn't he have a yellow one too? He had the Who yellow had the one. Yellow belt? Yeah, they yeah, the yellow one. I think I think they just let Warrior do whatever he wanted. Of course, for somebody who couldn't wrestle, he was such a big, <laughs> like such an incredible figure. <laughs> that, um, man, I don't. We you could do a top five list of like guys who couldn't wrestle but were like so over that it didn't matter. Yeah, Warrior is number one on that list. Like. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't wrestle worth the damn, but so incredible. It so was much a character. Energy. It was a character. Yo. Sometimes. And the time. Yeah, the time. He just a big muscle guy. The character, just the, the, the colors, the face paint, the tassels, the music, him running to the ring. I don't care, what, I don't care what he did inside. It's just the <laughs> whole, the buildup is what I wanted to see. And then that's right. what I paid for. And the energy. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now Sean drops the belt at WrestleMania 10, but now you get him in the Royal Rumble 95. So, oh, man. you know, he's the first one in, and him and Bulldog are the final two. Bulldog thinks he, th- he threw out Shawn Michaels. Sean got one foot hanging and dangling. One foot. The one foot. And a bulldog is raising his hand on the on the turnbuckle. Yeah, I won. Sean comes in, throws him out. Sean wins the '95 Rumble. At the same time, him and Diesel have split, and Diesel mm-hmm. is the world champion at this point. So now you're gonna have at WrestleMania 11, which is the worst WrestleMania of all time. You're gonna have <laughs> a Shawn Michaels and Diesel for the world title. Uh, I was, uh. I was happy to see that. I want to see now the elevation of Sean as as a world title guy uh, mm-hmm. going away from the IC title, which he would get later on in that year. But they put him in the spotlight for the world title against his former best friend, Diesel. Uh, he wins the Rumble, the first person to do it, winning it at number one. Um, so what did you make of this now, Sean, being put in the spotlight for the world title against Diesel at WrestleMania 11? Um, I mean, I was hyped, to be honest. Like, it was probably, like, it, it just made sense, too, right? Like, looking back on it, you got to give him that because he had the most memorable match of the WrestleMania prior. So it just made sense. Like, he's starting to, like, re- like he's already ascended at that level, but, like, now he's... He's definitely like somebody that the, the fans are like looking to have be the focal point. Um, what, what actually kind of confused me even then, um, I guess then I just thought like, oh, because he's bigger and he's stronger. But now I'm kind of like, why would you write Diesel in as the champion so early? Like, what was it about him that you feel like? What do you think? Like, why do you think they they picked Diesel to be like the guy 
Um, Even before Sean, like, what was it about him? I don't know. Well, I tell you this: Do you know? Do you know who Diesel beat for the world title? I, I bet you. When uh, I tell you the answer, it was. It was. I remember. It was like. I don't. I think it was at a Raw, right? No, wasn't it at a? But it, okay, if it wasn't at a Raw, wasn't it really quick? It like, was really quick at a house show at the Garden, and he beat Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund, that's right. Because <laughs> I remember it was like a power bomb. Yep. I wouldn't have guessed, but I do remember how it happened. It was a power bomb, one, two, three, and him and Sean celebrated together because I think at that point they had all the belts, right? Like Sean was IC champion. They were tag team champions. Mm-hmm. And then he wins WWE. Like he wins WWF championship. So like they they had everything. They were just wilding. Right. Um, I, I think I think they put the belt on him uh because he was just a, a big a tall guy. I I I mean I don't want to sound like he can't wrestle, but I think the fact that I think Vince saw like Diesel can be the next guy to, to carry the, the company and just this you know, seven seven foot, good looking young guy, um, tag team with Sean, but no, no no longer friends with Sean. You know, he just had Brett with with the belt. He just had Bob Backlund, but it's like, who can I, who can I trust to be to lead this new generation forward uh, aside from Brett? And I think Diesel was the guy. I, I I don't have a clear cut answer, but fucking Diesel had the belt for a year, bro. A yeah, whole year. I, that was like what were they called? Uh, two dudes with attitude. <laughs> two dudes with attitude. Yep. Yo, yeah, and I mean, it 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 was fun to see them be as a Sean fan to be like, you know, they they basically like had, you know, they had the company, right? Tag team, IC, and championship like that. That doesn't really happen. Um, but uh, also, what's what's funny is going back, like you know. Watching all like the old videos, it's so funny to see Sean beat the hell out of the British Bulldog all the time. All <laughs> like, the time, all yo, the time. all the time. I think like Sean uh, Bulldog has his moment kind of uh, when him and Brett wrestle. Yeah, uh, uh, Wimbledon, right? Uh, um, SummerSlam '92, right? Yeah. And and which he was like apparently all drugged up on, but <laughs> like Bulldog has his moment there. But after that, like it, it almost feels like they kept him in the in the in the in the business just to lose to Sean all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty that much was it. Pretty much. Um, also a testament too to like how good Sean was with big guys. True. Like yes. Sean, like that. Like I, I think we all appreciate it now. But how good Sean could carry a match and like, you know, work with guys who were just like their whole persona was just about being big. He made them look really good. Um, that goes with, you know, Bulldog Bulldog was mobile, but his whole thing was was strength and power, right? Yeah. Same thing with Diesel. Um, and I touched on it a little bit too, like with Psycho Sid, you know, like that that was they really owe a lot, you know, even Davy Boy for losing. <laughs> but they owe a lot like for having great matches um, to being in the ring with like guys like Sean guys like Brett you know who could work with guys who are just really big and plus you know at this time you start seeing like in real life you know the click in real life with Sean with, with Diesel mm-hmm. with Razor um, I think with the kid and Hunter so there is some friction backstage with, with how like you know some guys felt like the click was taken over and every championship was being won by them or, or the rumble or every every accomplishment 
with being won by the click and you start getting all that kind of friction backstage and plus you, you got to go out there and perform uh, like Sean did with Diesel at WrestleMania 11 Diesel would win and then Sean is um, Sean is pretty much still in the mid card IC title range then you get to uh, SummerSlam in the second ladder match with him and Razor Ramon for the IC title. Now, now listen, Terrence, some, as much as, as I love WrestleMania 10, there are some people who feel like the SummerSlam ladder match is better than the WrestleMania 10 ladder match. Do you agree or do you disagree with that? Um, I mean, I think it was equally as good. At least, like you, I, I don't, I don't. It's kind of one of those like some people like apples, some people like oranges. I, I think it's a little bit different, uh, and mostly because like the the match might have been a little bit better because like at this point they figured it out because I think they had two ladders, right? Like there were multiple ladders at the second one, yeah. But the first one, just the excitement of us seeing something new. Uh, I think that that's the part that like I kind of hold on to is like you know, yeah, the match was probably a little bit better because again they'd already done it so they could kind of work it out a little bit more. But in the first one, there was just so much more at stake because like Razor even said in that in that uh, in that look back that I told y'all watched, he even said that they only had one ladder in the whole building. <laughs> so if if the ladder would have broke, how do they? You know, how do they even who wins the match? And that's something that they said they didn't think about at all until afterwards. So it's just like things like that that made that match so perfect because they used that ladder. You know what I mean? Like they oh, yeah. put that ladder to work. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to lean towards the first one, but I wouldn't be mad at somebody saying like they appreciated the second one because that one was classic, too. Right. And Sean is a good guy at this point. He beats Razor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has to drop the belt. I'm trying to go with the timeline. He drops the belt to Dean Douglas because he got hurt at a bar in Syracuse. <laughs> um, oh, that was a wild dude. Bro. <laughs> yo, Sean. Yo, listen. Pre DX on wild. <laughs> yo, right. Pre DX on was wild. Meanwhile, like. During DX song was wild. Like oh, he just, boy. he had a he had a wild, <laughs> a wild time, man. Um, so he, he had a wild time. He drops the belt to Dean Douglas. He never loses the belt. Um, and at, you know he needs time to recover. Razor becomes IC champion again, and now we go into 1996, where Sean wins the Rumble again in back to back years. Uh, I yeah. think he was like seven. Did he eliminate Diesel that one, right? Uh, he super kicked Diesel, and uh, so Diesel was the last one out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, you know, at this time, Brett is the champion. Sean wins the belt. Sean is a, a good guy now compared to the year prior when he won the Rumble. And then it's like, wow, back to back Rumble. Shawn Michaels. All right, so if he's going to win the Rumble again. You, you might start seeing that tie turn where now they're going to put the belt on him at some points. Now you get him and Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Iron Man match, WrestleMania 12, a match we've never seen before. Two all-time greats, two people who are 
really leading this whole new generation era. And you get an Iron Man match. Uh, first time on pay-per-view. Like, again, as a kid, I saw the whole entire match live. I, I wasn't a guy or a fan like, man, it's going to take too long. Why is this match too long? What's going on? And nobody, <laughs> there's, there's no, nobody's beating each other. It was just a, a, a great match overall for a whole hour and some change. Uh, I, I did not... I was not mad that neither one got a pinfall in the hour. I felt like if you're the best two in the business, you should not get pinned as like five, four or five times within that time frame. So you got to go really go to distance and kind of beat me in sudden death, which, which, which uh, Sean beat Brett in. But looking back at it now, 24 years later, what do you make of the Iron Man match between Sean and, and Brett and how that elevated Sean and... Um, with the the disappearance of Brett for for quite a while at that time. Yeah, I think Brett takes like six months off too. I don't know. I mean, I think it does a lot of things. One, like you're right. Like as a kid, I just loved it. Like you know, it's like oh, they're just wrestling. I love it. Um, but looking back, like yeah, like they probably, they probably could have shortened it or maybe uh, added a couple falls in. But I will say to your point, like the whole idea of like they're the best. You no, know, like it, it should come down to like you know some sort of sudden death type thing. And I think that that was like still in like the, I wouldn't say last stages, but it was still in like that wrestling's real. Right. Like, and so Vince is writing it as like this epic. It's supposed to be, you know, two of the best ones fighting for his dream. One's fighting to retain it. Um, and so in sport, right. Like that's what it would look like to them. Right. Like something that like they go so hard to each other, but they're because they're the best. It's got to go some additional rounds. Um, but yeah, you probably, you know, looking back, maybe it didn't have to be 60 minutes. Um, I think they've changed the formula now. Right. Where it's like a half hour or something. Some, yeah, um, some of them. Yeah. So, you know, that probably makes more sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, and plus, like, I think it also, uh, Brett was just like such I mean he had other foes like I think at this point they were doing the whole Brett Yokozuna thing but it gives him a better you're now putting the two best like technical wrestlers who also have like you know the the characters you're giving them the stage of like you know really rivals um which we now know of course they really didn't like each other um, so that again is them writing in <laughs> some things that probably yeah. are real. Um, but to their credit, they never let that affect how well they work together. Um, because man, those matches, I could just spend a day just watching, you know, Shawn Michaels, uh, and Brett who, I mean, I know we don't get too many of them. Uh, we don't get too many of them like, you know, on TV, but apparently they wrestled house shows all the time. So, right. You know, if you had to, um, I know we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up in, in a few, but if I had to ask you pre-DX Shawn Michaels of um, the Mount Rushmore of his best matches pre-DX. So let's say oh, man. Um, wow. the, the cutoff would be the cutoff would be like August 97. So that's the cutoff. So anything before that, Shawn Michaels' best four matches are what? Uh, what's what's August ninety seven? That's SummerSlam. That's SummerSlam ninety seven. That's when you start seeing him and Hunter. Uh, 
kind of, t- you know, just, you know, gain a, uh, a friendship. And then you start seeing China later on in August and September. And that's when you start mm-hmm. seeing DX. So, um, I think for me, it's got to be Iron Man match. Yeah, I put that on there. That would be up there. I mean, uh, we're, and we're talking pre, right? Pre, um, yeah. Pre DX. Okay. Uh, WrestleMania ten. Yeah, for sure. That that's like that's probably number one um, on my mm-hmm. on my book. Him and Razor the first the first one. Right. That's because that's the one that puts him to me in championship territory. Like he already had like the charisma, but the way he worked the ring, like the way they controlled the crowd. Um, I think that that's like the part that kind of elevates him. So you don't get the other other Sean really without WrestleMania 10 or Razor. You know what I mean? Like that put both of them in like another level. Um, True. So yeah, I probably put that definitely like the boyhood dream for sure. So like the, like you said, like the Iron Man match itself maybe wasn't that great. It wasn't terrible, but um, him winning, uh, you know, it, again, it just, it starts, it starts everything. Like that's like the next mm-hmm. level. Um, so we got probably, two so far. We got two so say, far. Yeah, actually, my one of my favorite moments we did talk about, uh, and I mean, I, I I think it counts is uh, ninety five Rumble. Okay, and that's one. That's the one leg, right? Ninety five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's one of my favorite moments. It just it kind of like speaks to who Sean totally was, right? Like for one, of course, he beats Davy Boy again, which is always fun, but it's like. Just when we really think he's out, like he, like that was part of his persona too. Is like I'm also gonna outsmart everybody, right? Like, and so he used, uh, yeah. He Davy Boy thought he won, and here comes <laughs> here comes Sean. Like knowing the rules, he only puts one foot down. He does the. Also, let's credit Sean for nobody did that reverse pull up flip thing over the top rope <laughs> better yes. than Sean. Only him. He used to Only do that him. all the time. And it was like a, like a, like a really like, like, minor thing that was kind of cool that only he did. It was, only, you know what that is? I would equate that to like Undertaker's eye roll. You know what I mean? Like right. nobody else did it really. Like nobody else did it. And it was like a part of his persona. And it's not like he wrestled, like not like a, you know, a wrestling thing, but it was just, part of his gimmick that just made it really cool like um let's see what's that three uh yeah we got iron man wrestlemania 10 and you're putting the 95 rumble in there all right so i got one more uh so to kind of help you out options could be SummerSlam 95 the the ladder match part two with razor you also have the first ladder match with brett at survivor series 92 you also have um, now, mind you, within his championship run at the WrestleMania 12, he does fight the Bulldog a few times. He does fight Vader uh, at that SummerSlam. He does fight Psycho Sid at Survivor Series at the Garden, where he drops the belt, and you start seeing a shift with the fans. Like, all right, now we're getting a little tired of this. 
Shawn Michaels boy toy, good guy, Jose Lothario kind of character guy. That was so weird. That's that's yeah. probably as much as I love that match, and I love, I still still stand on like the matches with him and Psycho Sid are probably a little bit underappreciated. Mm. That whole storyline of him, like, and and Jose Lothario, it it, it went a little too long. <laughs> like it was just a little bit weird for me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, man, you know what? There uh, is th- there is one underrated match that that does not get talked about enough, whether for 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 Sean or for or, or for Stone Cold when they fought at the King of the Ring '97. Um, um, that's a match that totally goes under the radar, underrated. Um, maybe the finish wasn't clean. It was like a double whatever, so nobody really won the match. So most yeah. would, most would say, "Oh, Sean Stone Cold from WrestleMania 14." But I'm like, "No, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta rewind a little bit. You gotta go to King of the Ring '97. Sean and, and Stone Cold. Uh, for me, underrated. But it's like, I just don't know what do you put as that fourth match on that Mount Rushmore previous." Oh man! All right, I have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. There's two of them. I know you asked me to pick one. That's all right. But I think. I think, and I think you mentioned one of them too. Him and Brett wrestle for the IC Championship at some point, right? Um, it was only for that. Uh, it, matter of fact, no, it was for the world title. At that uh, Survivor Series, so Sean's belt wasn't uh, up for grabs that night. Only, only Brett. Okay, that match, uh, and he wrestles Macho. Uh, oh yeah, very early, very early. Yeah, days. really early. I think, and I think Macho was even champion, right? Uh, was he? He might not have been. He might not have been. I think I remember story or seeing a story that Macho wanted to Macho wanted to do a program with, with Sean, but uh-huh. Vince at the time was kind of like borderline feeling like Macho Man was kind of like not not in the prime no more. Was it going to uh-huh. make him money? So he pulled the plug on that. But Macho really wanted the the, the Shawn Michaels program. Didn't but that, I feel like they did. They got one fight in at least, like one they time. Did once, like once, the end yeah. of Macho's. Uh, from what I remember, and that's like the beginning of like Sean's, like like we're, like we we're talking about, like mm-hmm. his like uh, his ascension. You know, like he's yeah. just becoming that mid card, like like headlining the mid card. You know what I mean? Oh, bro, he, I got it, I got it. Oh my god, god this is pre DX, but is this um. The fucking hell in a cell with Taker. That's pre DX. Yeah. No. 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 Damn, bugging. Damn, I thought I had it. <laughs> no, that's not. I'm. I'm gonna go with I those. Two. I had I'm it. gonna. I'm gonna put the first match with Brett. Uh, okay. And and the the one with Macho. That's. Those are probably just the ones I nice. remember. Like. Uh, but yeah, if there was like one corner, the, the, the my two favorite pre DX are. Uh, 95 Rumble, um, and, uh, uh, some WrestleMania 10. Okay. So, yeah, like on, on those, on that Mount Rushmore, those are my two favorites. So, 
real quick, he has two runs as world champion before DX. The first one ends at Survivor Series 96 against Cycle Sid. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean was champion for five, six months at the time. He gets it back at the Rumble in, in 97 in San Antonio. But then he gets hurt again. And now with the whole, you know, I lost my smile speech and they thought he was going to retire and he drops the belt. And by the time you know it, Sid is once again champion. And then it's the Undertaker. And then it's Bret Hart. And then now Sean is coming back. He's um, doing tag matches with, with, with Stone Cold. He, uh, he had the Stone Cold match to King of the Ring. And he's now like as as the referee in his Bret Hart match at, at SummerSlam '97 with Taker, mm-hmm. and that's where you start seeing the turn of like now now we're gonna flip Shawn Michaels back into a bad guy. So we're at we're at the peak of early ninety uh, late '97 August where now they want to flip Shawn Michaels back into a bad guy. So what did you make of the two title runs? I know the second one was shorter, and then coming to a point where you know what we're gonna flip Shawn Michaels back to a bad guy um well at the time I was just happy to see my guy uh win right so like I I just regardless of how long he had it it was just really cool to see him win um I think like uh uh the 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 second run though as like the bad guy is kind of like that's when we're just like breaking into the attitude error, right? And so, yeah. Again, the bad guys were the good guys. <laughs> like, so it kind of like, yeah, true. It, it it becomes like again, like that thing where, like, to me, the attitude error, Mount Rushmore's, uh, like him, Brett, uh, Stone Cold, um, and and The Rock. Uh, and you probably, I mean, you, you know, I know Mount Rush was supposed to be four people, but you, you have to put Taker on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like the bad guys, though, like the, the personas that just a generation ago would have been, you know, someone who you didn't root for, they now became the people you rooted for because everything was about, like, you know, even the idea of D Generation X, it's, it's speaking to Generation X, right? It's speaking to the, the 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 group of people who are so anti whatever was going on before them, and these wrestlers represented that. And so, like, it makes total sense to make Sean a bad guy the second go around, because now everybody's rooting for them. Um, which is funny. I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead. But it, it's it's almost how like introducing a guy like Kurt Angle as like, oh, no, I'm squeaky clean made it make sense to make fun of that. You know what I mean? Because he kind of even though he was an incredible technical wrestler and we, we all know that. But like his persona of like, I'm a I'm, I'm a milk drinking <laughs> good guy. If he's making fun of like that 80s era kind of guy. Yeah. Right. And he's like the, like a new wave of that. But like the guys who carried who carried the uh, the attitude era? Yeah, like they were all, you know, they weren't they weren't nice, and that's what we liked about them. Yeah, um, I think the fact that uh, could be wrong, and this is one of the last few questions I asked you. But are we are we at peak Shawn Michaels at this time? Where at what point in time did you feel like all right, we're getting peak Shawn Michaels? Is is peak Shawn Michaels? 
pre-DX? Is it during DX? Is it when he came back from the four-year um, layoff with the injury? When when did you feel we, we were getting peak Shawn Michaels? Um, my favorite version of, of, of Shawn is... Uh, well, I mean, I love the whole, uh, all his runs, but probably as the leader of DX is probably the most fun. But I, I, I totally understand and would not fight someone saying they enjoyed his second run after the four-year hiatus more. Because we get some of the most iconic matches, right? Like his best match without question, him and Taker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, both of them. Both, both fights with Taker. Uh, and then, of course, him and Flair where he retires Flair. Right? Like, that's the most dramatic wrestling match that everybody knows is going to happen. But, like, you know, the the true putting, you know, the baton to rest kind of. Um, and really, I don't think anyone's picked it up. You know, like, is there anyone, to ask you a question, is there anyone mm. that you feel has taken the baton from Sean? You know, with everything, with being like the showman and being the in-ring, you know, ability. Like, I, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say is close, but that that kind of stops at him, you know? Listen, to be honest, I, I uh, it, like, I don't want to say no, that there hasn't. Um, if anybody comes close to that with the in-ring uh skills and the showmanship and just the the, the, the attitude and uh, uh, it'll come down to like an AJ like a Seth Rollins um, if you talk about people that, that are uh, in there right now right like if I say oh this, this guy is Shawn Michaels 2.0 it comes down to AJ and, um, and Seth I don't know if, if those were the guys you thought I was gonna say but I don't know. Yeah, no, I thought you'd say AJ. Um, okay. Because I feel like everybody kind of kind of does, and even Sean has said that a lot of people say it, and he's even felt like, oh, okay, like I get it. But he, I think at one point he even said he, he talked to him and was like, yo, you gotta, you have to do something to set yourself apart. Like that's the whole point. It's not that he's not flattered, you know what I mean? But and 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 AJ can do things that. You know, for his time, like Sean probably couldn't even do. Um, but I mean, like that full package of like, it, it, even still, like, like, like I'm like, what's the best way to put? It? Like Rick was not only a really good technical wrestler, but also he had like the showmanship, the charisma, and the theatrics. Yeah. And I think that that's something that Sean took and made it his own. And I'm like, and maybe it's because of the era and like they. But I don't know, like they like age if you you probably would have to combine both of them. Like Seth can really talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seth yeah. Seth is really great at like I'll watch him and I get totally kind of lost in like everything he's saying and I'm like, wow, that was dope. Right. But like AJ is the better wrestler, right? Like he's the one who does the high flying, who does the moves, who and you, you know, and you kind of need to combine both of them to really like get something like where Sean was. In my opinion, um, yeah, like I, 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 I don't know. I feel like no one's really been able to like no. pick that up. No, and I think it, it it's okay to say no. I don't want to feel like like I'm shitting on the current talent. I, I just, I just, oh no, you know, no, with all the respect, I just don't think because listen, Shawn Michaels is a, a different character. He's 
we're talking Mount Rushmore kind of guys. And listen, not everybody's on Mount Rushmore. So, um, right. it's Mount Rushmore for a reason. Exactly. Like <laughs> everybody, everybody can't be Sean, can't be Taker, can't be Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Kane, Mick Foley. Listen, those guys are, are mythical characters that you just don't get nowadays, which is kind of kind of messed up because now everybody feel like they should be their own kind of person. There's no, there's no larger than life characters now in today's uh, no. wrestling. So, which is very un, unfortunate. No, but I will say, I mean, to I know we're, we're not to get too off topic. My two favorite now are probably uh, Kofi. I really wish he had a longer run as champion. It was so weird the way he dropped it, and like they never yeah. even made another mention. No, re- no rematch <laughs> um, or nothing. We'll say it again. No rematch. Yeah, right. There was no rematch. It just like, yeah, he just it was like, oh, okay, nice to have it, and then he lost it, and it was just like no mention of it ever again. Um, and I think he had he had enough persona to make it like interesting, make it fun. And kind of like he would have, I think he fits in in any era, to be honest. Like, I think he's that good. Um, and also to make it like current too, like he's into like things that are relevant to like the culture right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but I, I also got to go with like Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is, yeah. man, the way, and, and what I like about him is he's been able to evolve his character, which I feel like a lot of guys now don't. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like Bray Bray Wyatt. I feel like maybe that's an easy answer, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his his character uh, would be ill. You know, he would have fit in in the Attitude Era too. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's somebody from like this generation who I think is going to be remembered like wholeheartedly, like as like nah, but his his gimmick, his stick was like really dope to see evolve. It's gonna right. be him. Um. I got two more before I let you go. Um, cause I think we we know we know too much about the rivalry with him and Brad, the Montreal school job, and yeah, and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, just kind of real quick, I know we're talking pre pre DX, but they start having the rivalry prior to DX. But when you when you read about it, when you when you watch it, when you see what really went down, um. Does it kind of sway you away from like Shawn Michaels, a person of like, man, that this guy could really be a dickhead back backstage, <laughs> and like, hey, man, you know what, you kind of, you kind of, you know, deserve that shit. And, and Brett, you, you know, you, you were right for doing things the way you were doing. Like, how do you feel about how things went down, and and ultimately, uh, does that rivalry kind of catapult Shawn into a different echelon and Brett into a different echelon? Because without that, you don't really get. A lot of these matches and the the the, the school job and the Monday Night War, you don't get a lot of things without Sean and Brett. Yeah, they're so important to the business, right? Because like they fueled part of that Monday Night Monday Night War, Brett leaving, um, the way it happened. I'm still not really. I don't know if we'll ever get a full, clear, definitive answer on who knew what. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like Sean says he knows. Sean says he kind of knew. Sean says he fully knew. There's so many different <laughs> answers. Yep. Um, the only ones who we know knew for sure uh, are Earl Hebner, who says he had to get out of the ring, and he did. Uh, and Vince, right? Uh, other than them two, we really don't know who knew what. Uh, but to answer your question, 
um, you know, finding out more stuff as an adult, I kind of just like shake my head, you know, a little bit where I'm like, damn, like, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks to, to hear the, the backroom politics and also, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I'm not going to judge him at the end of the day, like Sean, he was, listen, life as a wrestler is crazy. We know that <laughs> it's, it's crazy yeah. now. And back then, I mean, it was nuts. So, uh, you know, it, it just kind of was what it was. Um, it doesn't really change my perception of him in terms of like, I, I can kind of separate the character from the person, you know, it, it, like at the end of the day, I like Shawn Michaels, the wrestler. It's not like I'm out here, you know, I don't need to know about anything else really necessarily about him. I mean, again, mm-hmm. finding out stuff is kind of like, damn, Shawn was, Shawn was wild. He was a wild dude, but it's not <laughs> like... Yeah, it doesn't really, really change. Some of it, I mean, I don't know how it's going to sound. Some of it actually makes him more appealing because you're like, damn, he really was. <laughs> he really was the person he was playing. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, to some degree. Uh, and yeah, like I think it, it, there's a little bit of, there's a lot of, of balance between um, him and Brett, right? Like, because just like you said, like we don't get like the Monday night for as much as, NWO versus DX in terms of ratings, right? Like, as much as that was a thing, you also add in the factor of like WWE literally lost its champion, its star, um, you know, on screen uh, to the next guy. Mm. Uh, which, which also to it, it kind of it's also monumental because now we all know. Right, like now we're to let in un- unintentionally, at least we think, um, to in on the joke, if you will. Right, like yeah, now we all know, like yo, that didn't go right. <laughs> like something went left, exactly. Um, and clearly, like you know, however this happened, Brett's blaming Vince, right? Like on on live TV. So whatever's going on, something ain't right. Uh, so. You know, it kind of lets us in and it kind of puts to bed the idea that, like, you know, wrestling's not scripted. I- I'll never use the, the fake word because those dudes take real bumps and bruises. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing fake about that. But uh, I'll definitely, uh, it-, it does let us in on the fact of, like, yeah, like, this is like, you know, there's, there's, this is scripted, you know? All right. So last one. Um, I would say. We get, I'm trying to uh, compact everything. So we get Sean as a singles guy. He breaks up with Janetti, does the barbershop. He's down with Sherry. He's the boy toy, the heartbreak kid. He becomes a multiple-time intercontinental champion. He becomes a tag champion. Becomes a multiple-time world champion. A two-time Royal Rumble winner. Main events, WrestleMania. Has a... Um, a rivalry with Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, Diesel. Uh, he forms a clique with four of his best friends in the world. All this happens before DX. And my final question is this. Uh, for those who've never seen Sean wrestle prior to this or just want to catch up on back in the day stuff, how would you describe the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels pre-Degeneration X? For those who didn't really get a chance to see him, yeah, in general, like yo, listen, Shawn Michaels was this and that. This is pre DX. Uh, yeah, I think pre DX. 
uh, he was a showman, which is what he eventually becomes. But he was just like trying to think of like how to uh, equate it to like, you, you know what? <laughs> uh, just because, you know, obviously the two of us have so many ties to basketball, right? Like mm. pre-DX, Shawn Michaels is John Morant. He is super like likable. He he is somebody who you know eventually is going to carry a franchise. He's exciting. Um, he's marketable. <laughs> like if I had to equate him to a basketball uh, player, that's who I would call him. He's he's electrifying, um, and he becomes all those things. And uh, that's like what I'd equate him to, man. Like that guy is just. Um, like I said, a showman. He's he's fun. He's and you can tell like it's not a matter of of if it's just a matter of when. You know what I mean? Like when he'll become like that guy at his position. Like he's he's you know he's just he's the next generation and guys <clears throat> guys that are the current in that in that era they all know right like because I guess you could, you know. You, there were guys who were considered high flyers at that point, like a macho, like a like a snooker, um, you know. But they, he's the next the evolution of that, right? Like he's the next generation, um, and they all know. You know what I mean? Like you could just tell watching like one, maybe two matches of like, oh, okay, like this is, you know, he might even be part of the reason why Vince knew macho was a rap because <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, oh no, nah, yeah. Yeah. He can't draw like this kid. This kid is the next wave. Like, you know, like, and we can kind of, we could see that in the early Sean, man. Like, and, and also even at that point, like, I don't think there was a lot of, there weren't a lot of people who could talk like he could, you know, that early in his career, um, which is probably one of the bigger things outside of just in ring ability, probably one of the things that separate him from Janetti at that point too. You know what I mean? Like he got on the mic and like you were, you were, you know, into it. You were really like, you know, um, engaged. Uh, and yeah, he was just really just to sum him up in one word, man. He was just exciting. So, the real last question, my bad. The real last question, nah, I yeah. got is, um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't want to keep you keep you waiting and everything, but um, I know you probably mentioned it earlier, but maybe. I'm looking for a more detailed answer. So within this time frame of 91, 92 to like 97, what is your, what was your favorite part about this Shawn Michaels before DX? Um, Like, like what's my favorite run or like what's my favorite thing about him? Your favorite thing about Shawn Michaels pre DX? Um, his attitude. Like, I just loved that. I loved the attitude of, like, you know, it, it, it almost sets up where we go with them. But, like, I love the, like, I'm I'm not only am I really good, but I'm going to tell you I'm really good. You know what I mean? And I'm going to back it up every time. You know what I mean? Even in his losses, his matches were so good. I mean, we, we talked about it. Two of his best matches were the matches he lost. You know, <laughs> like WrestleMania 10 and the one versus Sid. So it's like, and he's the one you remember. Um, and that's what I really like. I really probably like 
gravitated towards and really like appreciated is like here's this dude like i said that you can't count him out um you know and he's gonna let you know how good he is but he's also gonna back it up and i, I, I probably that's my favorite thing about you know pre-dx pre-dx on you know once he gets into dx like that's like his his real in my opinion like his real true like his like peak right like you know everything's about him you know to a point of like you know even though we could say like that that click arrow when him and diesel have every belt imaginable <laughs> between the two of them um i still feel like that that click era is really more you know when uh uh, and I'm sorry that that uh, that DX era is probably really like the most most memorable because he's the leader of a pack that is, you know, like the greatest stable in my opinion of all time. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah, that's probably what I like most about him. Man, is the attitude. There's this there's this gift that runs around uh, of of him coming out from the ring, and I think it's pre DX, and somebody like some fan like tosses a full coke like soda on him mm-hmm. and he just takes it flicks his hair and smiles and keeps going to the ring <laughs> oh that like, was yo. um that was a survivor series at the, uh, Mo- uh montreal yo and yeah. he just takes it smiles yeah, like, so and keeps what? going to the <laughs> ring and it's like that's a total sean exactly <laughs> Such a that's, dick. that's sean to a t <laughs> I'm gonna get hit in the face with a coke, and I'm gonna smile, and I'm gonna yeah, go to the ring and still kick yeah. out. Yeah, then he started playing with the um, the Canadian flag and everything. Yeah, Sean, Sean, yo, Sean, wow, Sean, Sean was a dick, bro. Sean was an <laughs> asshole. Disrespectful. Sean, Sean was an asshole, but I I, I love that asshole, Sean Michael. It just I like that him being a bad guy, just a total dick. Like, all right, I like this guy. Yo, you know, yeah, I, he owned it, man. I think, I think the the latter era, uh, like you said, <clears throat> like uh, post two thousand two, like when he comes back and DX re- reunites and and all of that, like the the we probably get the better matches outside of say the one with Razor at WrestleMania ten. Like, yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that his two matches against Taker. Um, or the one with Flair aren't mm. his best matches. You could you could make that case, and I wouldn't tell you no. But um, in terms of like persona, I think you know we don't even get there because he's not that important. Like those were those were also incredible matches because you have icons, right? Like, yep. And he's not an icon if we don't get those early, you know, those earlier moments. I think for me, man, he's 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 one of my favorites of all time. He's he, he's definitely in my top two. Uh, Who's Stone your who, Brett's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. If I had a, if I had a, if I had a top five, Stone Cold, Shawn, Brett, The Rock, and the Warrior. The Warrior always has a spot because he was the one that made me, made me become a fan. I love the whole energy and. The Rock is a no-brainer for me. Brett is a no-brainer for me. So is Sean and Stone Cold. I know I'm leaving off the Hunters and the Takers and like Hogan and Macho, but wrestling is such like a harder one to just give four. Yeah, (laughs) you know. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, my favorite, um, Sean 
number one. Uh, Ric Flair, number two. Okay. The Rock, uh, number three. Number three. Uh, and like you said, it's so hard to give a fourth. Um, it's 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 normally it's it's probably Brett, but Stone's right. Stone Cold's right there. Uh, so yeah, like four A and four B. But those are my top five. You know, nice. depending on when you ask me, it might be Stone Cold. It might be it might be Brett. Uh, normally it's Brett, but uh, I love Stone Cold too. So <laughs> I know at um at some point, you know, later on in the podcast, there are going to be two shows where it's um, you know, Sean coming back from the injury, you know, the the second stint, if you will, and I'm planning to do uh, a show based on DX, but like kind of deciphering. Do people like the OG DX or the reincarnated DX with the Outlaws and Xbox? So that could be 50-50. So there are some other shows when it comes to Sean coming later on for the podcast. Um, Terrence, man, it was great catching up with you, man. It's been a, it's been a while. Let's not wait too long to catch up. You can find him on Twitter at uh, Lower East Scribe. Great work for in the past for Nike and Adidas and uh, out there in Portland, Portland Oregon. Um yeah, man, we, we, we got to catch up soon, man. Yo, thank you for having me on the show. This was so much fun. I, I'll talk about wrestling, especially <laughs> Shawn Michaels, whenever you want. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and kudos to you, man. Like I said, like, you know, creating really good content. Um, this is a dope idea. Give us an opportunity to be a little, like, nostalgic. Mm. Um, you know, Thank you. And this is this is really fun. So. You know, thank you again for having me. No problem, man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that, those words, because, you know, someone like me and you who are very knowledgeable of this and just, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, it, it takes away just for a little bit to, to be nostalgic. I think nostalgia is in right now, whether it's sports or movies or music or whatever, uh, entertainment. But um, I, I plan to continue this idea with, with uh, a few others and see how this grows. And um, for those who want to catch up on it, you can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, The Wrestling Basement. Please download, uh, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Engage on social media. Terrence, my man, thank you. I appreciate it. Yo, peace. Right. Shout out to the Hitch family. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Take it easy. Later. All right.